0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to PopCast on the Rocks episode 154, Mm -hmm. the entertainment podcast where we talk about pop culture, things that interest us, and sometimes there's whiskey. My name is John, and I'm joined, as always, by Andrea. How's it going?
1: Good, good. How are you doing, John?
0: Very good. Doing very good. Um, We had this episode, uh, we have a couple of audio issues up ahead or whatever, Mm -hmm. so if you notice any sort of weird cut, don't worry about it. It'll be, be over in a <laughs> second. It'll be over in a second.
1: It'll all be so, over soon. It's not yes. us. It's the technology. It's mm-hmm. you. No, I'm just kidding. It's the technology. <laughs> yeah. But
0: uh, we're going to be here tonight to talk about the latest Bond novel that we've read. We've been going through them, particularly trying to hit the ones with anniversaries. Um, this mm-hmm. is not one of those, but uh, you know, we know Andrea has to go in order.
1: Right. So we're going in order.
0: Quirk. Yeah. It's my quirk. So we got, I do uh, like
1: things in a particular order as we've debated so many times vis-a-vis Star Wars. So Yes. It's just carrying right on over into the Bond universe.
0: Right. Um so Diamonds Are Forever is the book up tonight. So I've got my very old used copy that I read.
1: Yeah.
0: Um so it's so old doesn't smell good anymore
1: (laughs) (laughs) you would definitely find that at like some garage sale or like secondhand Mm -hmm. store somewhere and i would love that
0: yeah i'm i've been having fun like kind of randomly buying the different ones at half price Mm but half price books and stuff yeah stains them and stuff or whatever you know but it's just like fun to try to get an old copy so it does yeah takes me back um (laughs) that's what we'll be talking about. Probably have a little bit of movie comparison in there, but not too much because they're so radically different. And uh, <laughs> but before all that, we're going to have our weeks figure out what we've been uh, what we've been
1: watching and then um, we should talk about drinks drink holidays. Absolutely. We actually start off the month at November 2nd with International Stout Day. Um Not a drink that's totally my favorite, but a drink I'm more likely to choose in the wintertime. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: If I am going to get like a beer, it's usually going to be like a darker ale or a stout in the wintertime. Mm -hmm. Get a little heartier. Um, And then you move right along on November 7th to International Merlot Day. I am celebrating that, kind of, which I will talk about in just a minute. Um, November 8th. Is a great day. Um, I haven't had one of these in a long time, but uh, it's Harvey Wallbanger Day, which is so much fun okay. to say. And a very refreshing morning time drink.
0: Okay. All right. I don't. I mean, I've heard of it. I'm sure it's we've vodka. covered it in years past, but.
1: Yep, it's vodka, orange juice. Um, so it's basically a twist on a screwdriver because it's vodka, orange juice, and a little bit of Galliano, which is like an Italian liqueur. Oh, I have some of that actually. Well, there you go. You can, can make yourself a wall banger. Orange juice, though. Okay. Well, yeah, that's key. <laughs> the also, more, the more common
0: <laughs> ingredient. Yeah. 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 Mm.
1: Um, and it is also shot day, so you know, whatever, pick your poison, your favorite so shot. Easy.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know,
1: mine are usually of the tequila variety, but uh, you know, you know, you do you.
0: Got a bottle right over there. It's always waiting. It's always ready. Pass it ready. to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, And then November 12th, again, kind of a, a more general day, Happy Hour Day. So uh, if you're a fan of the, you know, post-work, evening hour cocktail, as our friend James Bond definitely is, uh, that is a day for you.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Moving right along, November 14th and 15th are kind of closing out our wine celebrations with Tempranillo Day and Zinfandel Day. Okay. So
0: yeah, really a big what, wine. I Tempranillo is either. I,
1: don't um, I believe, I believe I've covered, we've covered this in the past and I believe it's this particular wine from a region of Spain. Okay. But I would be, I think it's like the Tempranillo grape. That's like the. Sure. Makes sense. Um, you know, kind of reason why it's like a different v- vintage blend. I don't know mm-hmm. how to classify that. Clearly, like, I drink wine, but I don't know that much about it, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, it's fun. But yeah, I so those are our wine ahead. holidays. I am celebrating kind of, well, there you go. It was in Portugal.
2: Mm, oh, okay. it is in
1: Spain, too, though. Okay. So it's it's definitely regional.
2: Yeah. Interesting.
1: So it's, like, specific regions. Uh, but yeah, so I am celebrating Merlot Day, but kind of, like, also like a general yay wine. Um, So I have a drink here that I made. It's called a grape on grape sour. And it's Mm. gin, simple syrup, uh, lemon. And then also you start off by like muddling grapes in the cocktail glass. And then you add the gin, simple syrup, lemon, shake it up, pour it out. And then you top it with the red wine of your choosing. And I chose Merlot. So because I was doing cool. like the muddled red grapes, I was just sort of like, all wines are made from grapes. Yay, cheers. <laughs>
0: nice. And you looks like you got like good separation there. Is that between the yep. gin and the wine?
1: Okay, yep. yeah. Yep. It's a technique. Nice. You just like um you do everything except the wine, and then you like use a spoon, spoon, pour the yep, mm-hmm. pour the wine on, and then it separates out like that.
0: Nice. Cool.
1: But it is delicious.
0: It it looks delicious, yeah, yeah, very I'm good. Just getting like grape juice vibes now. Like I know it doesn't taste like that. It just like the look of it and the mention. <laughs> I know, of the grape, right? The it looks that, like a
1: little kid drink. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's it looks it looks great. Very nice. Thank you. Um, I you can't you can't see my drink, uh, per se, because I'm using my my cool black. Glass for again a, here
1: for a second. I thought you were legit using a coffee mug. <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> just, like I thought you were gonna like drink wine out of a coffee mug, and I was like, You know what? You do you, but also little tiny judgment.
0: I'm just trying to get Dorit's attention, <laughs> that's all. Uh, i mean, I like clip the it,
1: glass.
0: send it the at her, job. you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: She'll no, I'll get uh, back her just full scale meltdown,
0: <laughs> right? I'll, I'll take it for this response for the attention to read let's go (laughs) um no i have a um it's a bourbon and branch water Uh,
2: nice (laughs) it's in the
0: in the book a lot popularized i guess from diamonds are forever and um it i was like throughout the book okay bourbon and water bourbon and water you know i just i'm just thinking someone's putting some whiskey and a you know, eyedropper of water in there something like that. People do that to the kind of a taste or whatever, sure. but, um, no, the bourbon and branch water, I come to find out, uh, the branch water, it's kind of a, a Southern thing. Uh, the water was a mineral water. Um, but with the like limestone, it would be filtered through that and filter out the iron. And so the branch mm. is the branches of the, like water
1: veins Oh, I through. get it. Sure, sure, sure. And
0: uh, so it's kind of region specific. You can buy, I guess, branch water. You know, very like specific. Actually, that. Otherwise, mm-hmm. people, I guess, use tap water. So
1: okay.
0: Um, you know, I'm doing Did the best you go I look got. It or are you? It, I it, no, it, it's coming from the <laughs> ground. I did. I did non-filtered. You know, normally I drink okay. the filtered water. So, um, sure. In my mind, it's it's as mineraly as we got, and we don't. Uh, that's what I. That's what I could do, guys. All right, it's what I could do. <laughs> I, I saw yeah. a site talking about it, and they said like, if you want to do a bottle of water and not buy a more expensive branch water, Fiji water works pretty good. Okay. For it. So you can make ice cubes from it, and then use that. and And Bond at one point suggested, or he, he asked for uh, bourbon and branch water 50-50. So that's what I did. I got two shots of of this really good, uh, um, bourbon from nice. Kentucky, and uh, and two shots of water.
1: Very appropriate. Is it like? Is that legit from Kentucky? you have bourbon, yeah. you're drinking. Yep. Okay, yep. very appropriate. Giving the uh, like horse racing, that dumb yes. like half the book.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We'll get into that. guess. So I mean, this is I I I never really put much stock in like adding water to my whiskey or whatever, but mm-hmm. and then I'm like I do that all the time for highballs for. That's what Japanese eyeball is, you know. Just whiskey and yeah, whiskey and water. So yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Everybody else out there. Raise a glass. You gotta you gotta sit back and pour a glass of something when you're gonna be talking about James Bond. So
1: absolutely. Especially if you've ever read a book. He drinks more in there than he does in the movies, and I didn't think that was possible.
0: Oh yeah. Yep. <laughs> mm mm-hmm okay um before we get into the rest of the bond stuff how's your week been looking
1: good good i've mostly just been continuing shows that i'm already watching um because i had some other kind of um stuff keeping me busy this week i applied for a couple of conferences again so i'm Mm. kind of like tiptoeing back into scholarly waters one of them is in scotland so uh, fingers crossed. Oh my God, Andrea. All right. <laughs> That'd be fun. Um, yeah, it would be really cool. So I'm, I'm really hopeful. Um, the conference is actually two days before, uh, Chris and I's 10th anniversary. So, Oh
0: my word. I mean, if, if you Ashley, could come with need me... something to do for our anniversary too, you know, which happens to be around the <laughs> similar time frame. Here. Exactly. Hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: so we're sort of thinking maybe he could sneak away for a couple of days that would be a pretty cool 10th anniversary yeah if i get in so we'll see right
0: well cross my fingers for you
1: thank you thank you um when i was not working on my conference proposal i watched some more great british baking show obviously you know that falls in in the whole mood of applying to scotland um, there is actually a Scottish woman contestant on there who is adorable, and I love her. I don't think she's going to win, but she's a lot of fun. Um, watched some more Fall of the House of Usher, which is keeping me just interested enough to continue. I'm really hoping that there's going to be like a, I don't know, just a something to pick up the pace, kind of a a jolt. Because kind of right now I'm feeling like I know where a lot of things are heading. So I'm hoping they're going to throw me a twist soon. Okay. Because everything is just good enough to keep watching right now. It's not like amazing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So we'll see. Yeah. Um, and then I watched two more episodes of blue eye samurai. So I am through episode three on that show. Loving that it is excellent. Okay. Um, and then nice. I did start insidious red door. Cause I noticed it was available on Netflix and okay. I love that series. So I was like, I would really love to to see it. And I started it and just haven't, you know, had the time to keep watching, but it's really good so far.
0: It's good so far. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's been on the list. I just, I don't know. I've been so out of Insidious for a long time. You know, it's like, do I, yeah. should I be rewatching all these movies or just jump in? I don't know.
1: I did. I watched the first two again. Okay. Uh, okay. But that was like back in October when we were like maybe going to watch Insidious Red Door as right. it released. So I just yeah. watched those two. And then I felt like fresh enough there that I could just jump right into this one.
0: Yep. Okay. Cool. I didn't, um, I don't think I uh, knew it was on Netflix. Uh, we were I didn't like, either debating. I just, like, stumbled on it weirdly. <laughs> yeah. We were debating like buying the whole all of them or something. Cause I don't think we have them. So, sure. but yeah, very cool. Yeah, I do want to like, good. I would like to watch some like holiday times are coming, you know, and now it's like, we've got stuff going every day. Basically it feels like, mm-hmm. and, um, it's, um, be nice to get in some British baking show or holiday something or another cooking competition. So, always- yeah,
1: I mean, I can't say enough about great British baking show. And if you're not in for like a whole season, they have their holiday version that you can watch. And those are just like usually four to five episodes, pretty tight seasons.
0: They're fun. Nice. Um, I've been like, uh, I haven't been watching all that much Uh, this week. I've been trying to read when I can read this book. Uh, I literally finished it tonight. Um, me too. So. <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's sad because it's not a long book and I started a long time mm-hmm. ago and then work happened and all kinds of stuff. And so I really did read it in odd chunks, um, which is unfortunate, Same. but, um, it's, uh, yeah, I got through the last, I got through half the book or whatever in the last couple of days or something. So, um, But uh, I did before that read um, some other stuff. It's been a little while coming, but I want to talk about another comic book that I read. Two of them, really, now. So, Fiendish. Um, Fiendish is an independent comic book by um, Irene Strachalsky, and um, Rick calls her Reenie she seems a really nice person and she does, this is, this is what she does. Like she does uh, most of it, I think, except for the colors, but uh, she draws it and she writes it. So, and it's really um, like, does a lot of world building in this. You can tell she's put a lot of time into um, creating her map of like the continent and all the cities Mm -hmm. and the different people that are in in there. And she actually made her own um, language for it kind of Very rune cool. symbols and some of that. So it's really awesome. dedicated and into like creating a world-building thing that she in, seems to intend to go on for for a long time. So you can go to fiendishcomic.com and you can like look at a bunch of that stuff to kind of That's see awesome. if you're interested in that sort of lore and all that. So basically fiendish is um you'll see the the art style is sort of like I don't know what you just call it like some it, Anime inspired, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah.
1: yeah. It's not like a typical comic style.
0: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. It really is kind of her, her own, as far as I can it's, tell.
1: I mean, it's a little, it reminds me of certain webtoons as well.
0: Sure. Right. Yeah. So in here, like, this is nice, the way it's, like, uses yeah. uh, a large space here. It's not broken yeah, up I by a ton that. of different little panels. You know, it really is a mm-hmm. nice, nice spread. Um, some of the paneling is, you know, is pretty dynamic. You know, colors are rich.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, people are really expressive, that sort of thing. Um, yeah. And basically the story about, like, this kid that has a tragic event, his village is, like, invaded by some sort of monsters as a kid or whatever, And time, you know, he kills everybody, likes, loves, and all that stuff. And as time goes on, eventually, it's like, are these monsters back? Like, the things from his past, Mm -hmm. Hansel. So, he's traveling now with a a younger companion, and they're bumping into some other people that kind of look like they're forming a little bit of alliance or something like that to figure out what's going on with these monsters in the land. And um, so, yeah, I read um, Chapter 1 a while ago, and... Right away, I thought it was, it was really engrossing. Um, the art style isn't my favorite, but it set up a lot of cool stuff. And sure. again, I've talked a lot about buying these Ooh, like independent cool. comics and yeah. the pacing of them. Yeah it, looks, yeah, it looks awesome, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but this feels like not only is it obviously continuing, but there's enough meat in volume one to be satisfying for a volume one. So I sure. thought that was important. And um, I got both, I got volume two at the same time and volume two came with some art cards. These cool. are actually art from um, a fan art contest. Something like the cool. winners or whatever. And our friend Dustin actually entered the fan art contest for he this. He
2: did.
1: That's so, awesome.
0: Yeah. Sometimes you'll have to ask him oh, to great see the, the piece. It's, yeah,
1: uh, I would love it's to. It's really
0: good. So um, I got now for volume two, I got the saucy cover. I got the saucy edition.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Girl.
0: <laughs> so um, no, it's like it was pretty, pretty clear. It doesn't say fiendish anywhere on it. So it's uh, like the naked cover um, in more ways than one, I guess. And um <laughs> I feel like the art got better in this one. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know how much time separated them really between working on them, but I do um, enjoy some of the the art more in here. And Mm -hmm. um, this story just kind of ramped up from here. We got uh, more information on sort of another race of people that are here and just the way society sees them and treats them and stuff like that. And so that was just kind of adding to the the depth of the world. And Mm -hmm. they teased us at the end of the first one with this character. And then we got to see, meet her a little more in this one. So it's a really good, just like kind of unique new fantasy world. Um, you know, all its own made up rules and Mm -hmm. people and places and everything. And, um, yeah like those
1: panels, I like the color mm-hmm. on those yeah, it's always I mean so, I think it's always a good sign when somebody takes that much time to world build I mean, obviously, like having a site where you can go and like draw out the maps, check out the language, like somebody's putting time and care, and you hope that like that translates into putting time and care into the story, and it sounds like so far, yes,
0: mhm, like here in the back is the. Uh oh cool like alphabets and the map and stuff like that and different ruins and that's awesome just a lot of care and attention like you say it's um i really enjoyed it i'm i'm hope they're doing a i think the next thing is a 2.5 which i believe is sort of exploring a backstory to one of our couple of our main characters and um yeah, I don't I don't know how long it'll take for that to come out, but I hope it's sooner than later cuz um, in all the independent comic books I've read, this one feels like the most mainstream and digestible.
2: Mm-hmm. Like
0: I don't want someone to take that as some sort of uh insult. It just feels like a thing that should be Deserves to be big and a lot of people could enjoy, you know? Because, mm-hmm. um, like, I really liked um, I reviewed it not too long ago. Um, oh, shoot. What is it called? Um, well, I'll think of it later, I guess. But uh, I reviewed <laughs> another comic book that I actually raved about, um, really, really enjoyed it. But I would say it's a more niche audience. And sure. I think with the, the the detail and the art, it's going to take a long time between each book. I just sure. think um, this this could go feels like it could go on along for for a long time, and a lot of people could really
1: like it. So did you did you review it here? Did you review it on the anime podcast?
0: No, here, yeah, here. It's here. Is um, that like
1: the skeleton one?
0: So Kenneth Kenneth Roquefort is the uh was the artist and writer of it. It's his book. I'm just sure. blanking on his name right now. Um oh Grogan.
1: Oh, Grogan, okay. Yeah. Volume one and two. Yep. So, yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. I was of a yeah, I've read, a, I've read a lot that are they're really good. But just this one, you know, I could see this on store shelves and a lot of people were really liking it. It fits mm-hmm. in that space somewhere between like a Western comic and a manga, like you say, with a kind of popular sort of Webtoon style. It can almost see like, a, uh, like it's a softer version of what you'd see in solo leveling or something like that.
1: Yeah, sure, so, sure.
0: Yeah. So Fiendish by Irene. Check it out.
1: Yeah, I've been doing a lot of reading this week.
0: Yeah. Yep. Um, and another, uh, yeah, I've been reading another manga. I'm halfway through that. I'll talk about when I'm done with it. And um, that's about it. <laughs> I watch a ghost show, I guess. And, you know, it's uh otherwise it hasn't been a lot of sh- Oh, and then anime. But I'll talk about it on the anime podcast. I did start, Ashley and I both started um, Apothecary Diaries. On Control.
1: I-, I know, I know that. I think it
0: was, I think it was brought up maybe on the podcast.
1: Okay. I think maybe Phil said he available? watched the
0: first episode or something. Crunchyroll.
1: Okay. It's
0: <laughs> on Crunchyroll and we watched as many episodes as we could in English. Um, just felt like watching it in English and sure. it's really good. It's more of a, it, it's the
1: same ad- like Jujutsu Kaisen problem where they, there's only a certain amount available in English.
0: Yeah. They're just, they theoretically should be a few week, weeks behind, you know? Sure and so that's fine we're not if we're not covering for the podcast uh, we on a weekly basis just watch it however and um it's uh it's been good i mean i th- I think you'd like it quite a lot actually it's a little yeah. more of a show kind of thing it feels light-hearted but like you know there's emotional beats to it and it's just fun the char- main character is kind of quirky and sure. it's different there's something about it that harkens back to like a little bit older of an anime but it really is, I don't know, I it's, it's been just, it's been a pleasant, fun show to watch. So.
1: Awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's getting really great reviews. So yeah, maybe I'll have to start that.
0: Yeah. Okay. looks like we have one new story, huh? You, you found a, uh, found a little something here?
1: Oh, just like a little something to jumpstart our James Bond, um, you know, Discussion, yeah. uh, I didn't know that today was the day, apparently 28 years ago, that Pierce Brosnan made his debut as Bond in GoldenEye, which is one of my favorite films. Yes, yes. So good. That's awesome. Um, so, I mean, we should definitely talk about it. And sadly, <laughs> we should talk about it in like two years when it hits its 30th anniversary. Yeah, Because that's what we've been doing. But I just wanted to like... Because it, it happened today, and we're going to talk about James Bond. How fortuitous is that? We'll be
0: able to talk about it again in, you know, as 30th. It'll be fine here. For sure. Um, but, uh, you know, it's not like we'll run out of things to say, probably. Um, <laughs> so I was seven when it came Not out. knowing
1: us. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, did you happen to, I mean, did you see this one in the theaters, or when did you? No. Do you recall when you saw this first?
1: I do. It definitely was not in the theater, sadly. It was at home. I think I think I was by myself. Okay. It just... Aw, sad Andrea. I, right, I know, so, right? <laughs> all by in, in
0: her back brace, you know, and like...
1: Right, so with my weird. no friends, just... <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Um.
1: Oh, now we're, now we're real sad. Um, <laughs> no, but I mean, I think I was, I think I was just like, just really in like a James Bond phase. Um, so I think I like rented the movie from Blockbuster. Okay. Yeah. Um, And watched it, you know, just solo and just, I don't know, fell in love with it. I remember it being one of the few like VHS tapes that I made my parents hold on to for a really long time because i loved it so much that one there was one other one and we had i don't know why my dad my dad bought this one tomorrow never dies Mm -hmm. i made them hang on to that too um we kind of had like a very scattered collection of james bond movies but yeah this one i remember just like loving so good Mm -hmm.
0: It is so good. And it still holds up. Like I have I have a couple of Bond movies set out uh that I've been meaning to rewatch because I've kind of been in this this mode in the last this summer basically where I'm trying to watch some Bond movies either I just barely remember, you know, mm-hmm. or i have just watched once or something like that. And a lot of them there's a reason for that, reason for it. And so it's kind of had me down, like God, I'm I just need you. to see yeah i just like i need to see a really good bond film i just need to put on yeah. a really good one and so i have a couple out this one's one of the options here um that just like rekindle that in me because it's kind of sad when i sit i mean usually i can get something out of a bond movie that i really sure. enjoy but whether it's too many in a row yep i don't know So
1: it'll be good for Russia with love or from Russia with love, excuse me, is coming up because I love that film as well. Yeah. And I think that one's a really well done one that can hold up.
0: Mm -hmm. No, Goldeneye. I mean, I think that, you know, having read some of the books now, like I think that as you've mentioned before, you think Pierce Brosnan kind of looks the part. So I think It it was a good casting in that way. And over his years, like Pierce does such a good job of like doing that like hard nosed thing, but having a lot of fun like back and yes. forth, you know it's just the it's a really nice balance um and yeah yeah I
1: don't know. one of the, one of the things that I feel like he does really well in the fun that's not in the books at present. I mean, I haven't read the books at all, so I have no idea what's in them for future um but one of the things he does really well is have a great rapport and banter with q and i Mm. think that provides a lot of his movies lighter moments where he says something witty they have banter but it's not where like roger moore i feel like his banter is often out of place or like ill-timed or like it's too many moments in it's too silly in Octopussy. There were so many moments where I'm like, you just added that so he could like have a pun or be like witty and it just doesn't make sense. Like here there are those moments make sense to me because they're like building a human relationship and like doing a little bit of humor together, doing some maybe gallows humor because it is such a dangerous job. Like you gotta yeah. you gotta make that connection in any way you can. But he's not like cracking jokes as he's like killing people. Yep. So
0: you know, and like this movie, it did so many things right. Like, so a great casting, and then they put a guy that could be a Bond or very feasibly his rival in the shadow,
1: his shadow self.
0: You know, so you get Sean Ben in there, double o six awesome there's such great villains in this movie like they're just that right amount of over the top like extra the layer larger than life but yeah. still like possible and awesome like it, you know between
1: even six yeah, it
0: works or ex- exactly yep orimov uh you know and then you get Boris. Uh, on a top oris yeah Boris, they're all
1: good yeah Xenia. yeah mm-hmm. Boris is good i mean he's like a total clown but it, you do really feel it when he like betrays Natalia because she really mm-hmm. trusts him. And they mm-hmm. spent so much time like also building like the banter and the rapport. So that's his yep. like villain, his good villain moment, even if he yep. is kind of like generally ridiculous.
0: over here, just constantly. Great scene. you just twirling, <laughs> twirling, <laughs> twirling, click, click, yeah. twirling, oh, twirling. And then it's so like, good. give me that passcode.
1: freaking out so good yeah no that that's yeah i mean top to bottom that film is just really well done i mean i know i know xenia can be a bit much but because she's the only one who's a bit much it works like everybody else balances her out so that she can just be like crazy and over the top like Mm -hmm. and it's not it's not even too far gone. Like, I mean, she is over the top and it's a little like, whoa, but it's just on this side of believable, especially because everybody else is so grounded.
0: Mm -hmm. And she, she can pull herself in and blend in with everybody else. We see her in the casino and in different situations. And, but then, you know, when you're first introduced to her, you don't have any idea. That's the kind of, uh, you know, kind of woman she is but then like you see this the psychopathic nature and even orimov is like oh man (laughs) like like, she's (laughs) off when she's like getting all hot and bothered from shooting up the vents because you figure she you know it's like okay you know uh i guess that's
1: (laughs) i mean it is weirdly like a a woman in a relationship where like you she starts out and she seems so normal on the surface like she like you said we play, meet her like playing baccarat and she's just like yeah. calmly gambling and then like as we and james bond and oromov get to know her it's like she reveals the crazy a little bit at a time until it just like ramps up to peak levels like yep. which is what you do like you show your best self at the beginning and then as you like get more comfortable with people you just like let them in on the crazy and her crazy is obviously Extra, yeah, but it that progression I, feels like it works, mm-hmm. and I really
0: like uh, Natalia simonova as our main Bond girl. Mm-hmm. I always really liked her. I thought her style was cool, mm-hmm. accent was cool, and mm-hmm. um, she now again after some of the books feels like she could be out of a Fleming book a little bit yes. more than some other Bond girls and. Um, she I don't know. she's just really cool and um mm-hmm. yeah i think she's underrated for a bond girl it seems
1: i agree and, and i like that we only had one in here like sometimes you have like multiple bond girls in a film and it feels sort of like
0: yeah I, well yeah if you don't count the bad one yeah if you don't count
1: i mean Zenia. but you don't because like they don't really i mean she's a bond sure. girl but she's not like a bond girl in the like we're gonna sleep together way because they clearly don't right. like it heads right. it starts that way, yeah, and then it does not end that way. <laughs>
0: yeah, they get off in two different ways. It's they're incompatible. Yes, <laughs> uh, the, the two things I'd say I don't love about the film. One sure. is pretty commonly stated. I think they had they didn't like the score they got. It was a different composer. The, oh, and the oh, music oh. for it was uh it was was very different than what you might expect from bond film now some of the music i really love like there are certain sounds that just they scream that movie they are tied to that movie they're iconic and then having the video game uses those things too that sort of tone really like it just it is unique and it stands mm. alone um it's kind of like listening. there's certain, you know, the Jaws theme or um, yeah. you know the Planet of the Apes. Very like very distinct, very distinct. But there's a few moments in there that just weird too. There's weird yep. sounds that uh, I don't think worked out so well. Um, and then the cars. They went so they went from like that Aston Martin. Um, in uh Dalton's films, I really love it. the B8 saloon or whatever. And then in this, they went with these, it was a 90s thing, these sort of like rounded corners BMW Z something or another Z3 or something. Yeah, I'm not a fan. I'm not a no, fan.
1: not for this, not for this. Yeah, so yeah, sorry i sorry to anyone that
0: owns those cars. They're gross. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, um, there's a uh, there's there's a place for the BMW, but it's just not here. And True. I mean, I like I know you're talking about this particular BMW, and I agree with you there too. Mm-hmm. But I also just don't feel like a BMW is a bond car. Okay, in general. Okay. It just. I mean, they put the fancy
0: ones. It's like Bond kicked them aside again and then, then they went in the mission possible.
1: Yeah. They, they also they also I think Transporter uses BMWs pretty exclusively. That seems right. Um, I think that's the case. Yeah. So that that feels just like more appropriate. I don't know why um, here like BMW just seems like not not the car.
0: I, I, I'm okay with the with the brand in Bond. They wanted to be able to... I just really don't like those specific models. Those
2: specific then, ones, yeah. sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So. Well,
2: um, if you don't like okay.
1: those, uh, you would have plenty of different cars to choose from in Diamonds Are Forever. Because... I know. Holy crap. There's like 60 different cars up in this novel.
2: hmm I mm-hmm.
1: felt like that was the James Bond element that was really shining through this novel was like, you know, he's got like the gadgets, he's got the girls, he's got the cars. I felt like this novel was like the cars. Sure. Yeah. I, I liked that. it.
0: I mean, we got the, we got the, cha- we got the Moonraker, right? We got some of the, um, like my car versus his car type of thing. But it really wasn't sure. like cars, you know,
1: this and one is right. like all the cars. Mm-hmm. Like there's so many different like times when he specifically would be like, this guy's driving this thing, this guy's driving, you know what I mean? Like
0: the red Jag. I just,
1: right. I just felt like, mm-hmm. or like, uh, Felix's studelac, the Studebaker Cadillac hybrid. Like mm-hmm. he just really was interested in this book and highlighting the cars.
0: So, yes. Yep. I did enjoy that part. Uh, I sent a couple ep- excerpts for, to some of my car friends um Mm -hmm. i thought it was kind of cool um and so many things feel like they're timeless you know but then there's things that are very specific that kind of like remind you of the of the time frame we're in and um yeah sometimes the car stuff does that you know because the car landscape has changed so much obviously the makes that are prevalent and some of that right um so i liked all the car stuff did um I didn't like, however, all the force betting stuff so much. no,
1: no, okay, I'm gonna tell you, and I'm gonna like shine through in my nerdiness here. I'm gonna tell you what that whole like detour reminded me of, so Saratoga, like first of all, no I'll, I'll come back to this because i because I was yeah. very much like this this part feels a little unbelievable because. James Bond did a thing. He needs to be paid, but it's, like, so circuitous how he's being paid. Like, he lays it out as logical, and I was sort of like, yes-ish, but it still feels like a lot for him to go through, to, like, travel to these places to get paid and have his expenses, like, taken care of, plus the payment. So Saratoga, to me, felt as annoying as when I read uh, Victor Hugo's Les Miserables and he goes off on three different tangents about the french government, the french religion and the french sewer system. And you were sitting there reading these like huge excerpts of the book being like, "Why are you telling me this? Just get back to the freaking story." And that's what Saratoga felt like to me. I was like, "This is a large chunk of the book that I could really skip over." Like mm-hmm. this is this is such a detour you need to get back to the point of the diamonds here, buddy. Um, yep. So it, it felt that way to me. And then it also, when I was in it, the language was so different. It was almost like my brain couldn't comprehend it sometimes. It's like how I imagine people encounter Shakespeare and his language. Mm-hmm. like the Not just like the iambic pentameter, but like the literal old English language where you're just, your brain is like, I don't even think I'm reading words right now. Like I'm not, am mm-hmm. not putting, it's so jargony and it's so specific that I don't even know that like my brain can read the sentence. And that's how I felt. I mean, especially when I read that, like phone oh, newspaper article, yes. Felix for some rando reason gave him.
0: It took me so long to get to the next page. I'm <laughs> like, God. I just started over and I'm like, cause I'm, my mind just starts going Seriously? blank <laughs> with it. I,
1: yeah. I was like, I don't even know. I don't even know what to do with this.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah. I, so that whole like, I know it's... yeah, I did. T- I did too somewhere. I was just like, I, I, I can't like, it was fun to spend time with Felix and it was fun to see him yes. after, you know, him recover after like the way we left him and live and let die, getting back to like his, nice. you know, his injuries and how he's recovered, it all felt very realistic um, given the extent of the injuries he suffered. But, yeah, it was really it was really difficult to spend that much time in Saratoga and be like, why are we here?
0: It's hard to picture Felix with a hook, though, isn't it?
1: It really is, yes. I was like,
0: what? But, <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, I... I completely agree. I put in my notes, all this detail on Saratoga seems unnecessary and like another language because yeah. I, it it showed to me. It, so with the lay Miserable thing, to me it, it rings as like someone that just wants to get this off their chest. <laughs> like it's yes. not necessarily important to what we're talking about, but I need to say this and this is the thing you're going to be reading. Yeah. So
1: It literally is like a personal, like I just need to have this in here sorry, you're going to suffer through. It has nothing to do with the plot, but mm-hmm. here you go. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: And so it really spoke to like Fleming's apparent knowledge of all things gambling, yes. you know? And so whether it be the ponies or, or whatever, um, it, cause I really, this scene, all the stuff for the, at the, at the races reminded me of a view to a kill which I watched not all that long ago. I actually really like it's a, to me an underrated bond film and they have a lot of horse stuff in there. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so I like, I liked this and I, I get the idea of, you know, I, I agree that you're saying it's a lot to go through to get payment, but I like the idea that we're setting up how um, meticulous they are, this organization, these gangs into covering their tracks. It's like, we're yeah. going to really make sure that there's an explanation from where everything comes from. Right. But in the end, it was kind of like, well, you remember that thing? You remember when you won that bet against me? Oh yeah. Here's the money, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. but they still did. I mean, you know, but it was just like, it came up with a simpler explanation. It felt like, um, yeah, there were, no, I, I mean,
1: I re- so yeah. I mean, to build on that, I really liked that when, um, shady tree was just talking about that and he's like, yeah, yeah. So we can't just like give you the money, but then you like meet a friend and you remember they owe you money and you make a bet. And like the, the like literal explanation he gave great. I am on board. If if Bond had gone to just like maybe a nearer racetrack, or we only spent like I don't know, maybe twenty pages on this, all of yeah. that would have made sense to me. It's just because it was so long that it was like, yes. oh my God, this is just like painful. Because and then you're changing and then, odds, what does it matter to us? Right, it yeah. it, it just didn't. It just didn't. Mm-hmm. And then like the whole thing with like Felix coming in and being like, I need to like bust up this like you know, exchanging of horses. But then did he ever find the corpse of shy smile? Like it never really book. got, exactly. Never really got wrapped up. So I was like, God, it was so long and it was so involved. And then it just kind of went away. Yeah. So right. it was frustrating. Yep. I felt I, like, I agree. I felt like I, I appreciated Fleming's detail more about like, look at all my knowledge about gambling when, when Bond However, again, inexplicably, went to Vegas. That felt a little more applicable because it was like, yeah, the Spang brothers have a casino there. Tiffany works there. Like, you know, the the reason for him going to Vegas was a little bit slim. <laughs> um, but getting there and focusing on the atmosphere of Vegas was a really great way to, like, showcase his knowledge.
0: Yeah. Because... The hor- I think I think the horse stuff would have been good if they just way, way shorten it and not focus yes. on how the system of gambling and racing works yes. because it really wasn't important for no. what we had to know. And helping Felix a little more with the horse thing and maybe having a resolution there. So it's yes. like, well, I have to go here to get paid anyways. I'm going to place a bet on a fixed thing and I'll yeah. get my, my money. Um, but... Felix is there and he's going to throw a wrench in that plan. So I'm going to help him. And that extra communication to get my payment then after the fact will just help me further along communication with this group. I'm trying to get in deeper with. Right. Um, Going off to Vegas made sense for bond. He would want to go to bond the, where this, the exactly is being run from, but why exactly? He would be sent there is the part I think we'd agree is a little like, well, yeah, why, why there? Why Why would you you pay his
1: expenses to go there?
0: Right. Like there's
1: literally no other way to get him like a gambling bet if that's how we're going to like cover, you know what I mean? mm -hmm. It just, it just felt like a little weird that they were like giving him all this money plus expenses for a job that really seemed fairly easy to me.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> like, yeah. There's so little time spent on like the actual smuggling, and it went so smoothly that I was like, "He's really getting five thousand dollars plus travel expenses for this job. Like, this is insane."
0: But it's you know, it's someone. It's someone to not make mistakes. It's someone to not talk. It's someone to act normal. You know, it's it's like it, yeah.
1: I just I just feel it's like it's a high pressure thing,
0: even if it's yeah.
1: I think he just undersold that because he spent so free. Yeah. But I just think like, I don't know. I think Fleming just could have set it up a little bit more, made him sweat a little bit more. I don't know. Made something about the journey harder so that we would feel like he's earning this $5,000. It just all seemed very straightforward.
0: No, that makes sense that he, yeah, it would make sense that he would run into some sort of issue and resolve it. And then that would be more impressive and the money would be good. And Mm -hmm. maybe we'll call you again. Cause the only thing I can think of for sending him to Vegas would be like, if they were seriously eyeing him to do more, do more work, that's where you're going to go, you know, you're going to text and talk to the next person, you know, so you might as well go there and get the payment. And if you do as you are told follow things to a t again prove yourself like you know you'll get a call for the next thing so
1: yeah so yeah i feel like there were the the essential elements for like building bonds trail but i think fleming spent a little bit of time in the wrong places
2: Mm -hmm. right
1: too much at saratoga not enough like you say it would have been really interesting if during the smuggling process, something had gone wrong and Bond like did something really impressive to fix it. Mm-hmm. Like the only pressure he felt was like the customs agent being like, Oh, what do you shoot for your golf handicap? Like, yeah.
0: Right. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: That was so nothing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. We could have spent more time with, uh, Spang, um, with, uh, Serafino yeah. or whatever. Yep. Uh, because he seemed like an interesting guy. Obviously, he ran the stuff in Vegas there. He had his operation. And it was all a pretty harrowing event when he got taken in. But mm-hmm. part of what I liked about some of the other books was the back and forth and the like, sizing each other up. And like the understanding their opponent and their enemy and the guy you got to take down. And yeah. uh, we really didn't get that because it was pretty brief. You know, yes. I like the other motivating factor that we had, like the what Detroit brothers or whatever the um, Detroit guy purple, with the huh? in his, Well, the guy with the, the wart in his hand and. Oh, what they yeah. Winton
1: um, kid. Winton yeah. kid.
0: hmm. Yep. You know, like, so I like that we had that motivating thing. Like he didn't like how he was treating the staff and the, the, you know, they went too far with the jockey and stuff. So we had that good motivating factor to, uh, don't take a mud bath like that. (laughs) Don't get put in a coffin
1: from your mud bath. No, like, and like tied up with your towels and, oh God, Mm -hmm. no. Mm -hmm. Terrifying. Mm -hmm. Um, I did read that that was, so I haven't seen the movie, but I did read that that was part of the plot in the movie, but it wasn't, it didn't happen from the same characters to the same character. But that element of like burying somebody in like boiling mud did happen. Okay. And I was like, oh God, that would be effective and creepy.
0: Mm, that vaguely rings a bell. Very different. Okay. Yeah. Because I, I, I did watch Diamonds Are Forever this year and oh, already okay. i've forgotten a lot of it. <laughs> it's <laughs> okay. it's it's really not good. I really don't like no. it. I know there's some apologists for it, but it is not a good movie.
1: It doesn't oh seem God. it from what from I like i didn't care about spoilers for the movie, so i just like read the synopsis in and, and i read the like the, the short and the extended and it seems so wild. It seems ridiculous. Like like, it starts out again with, like, diamond smuggling and, like, that seems normal. And then it just goes hog wild with, like, we're using the diamonds to buy the space laser. We're going to destroy, you know, nuclear weapons and then have an auction so countries can become the next superpower with my weapons. There's there's a character in here called Plenty O'Toole. Come on now. that's like <laughs> That's, like, so on the verge of Austin Powers oh god yeah it just it it, like everything about it i was like this is ridiculous and over the top and i I don't understand like apparently there were like there's a there's a scene with like clones because blofeld is is back as like the bad guy and he like makes some clones and there's like multiple blofelds everywhere and yes it just like i was reading through it like what Mm.
0: hell the only thing i can think of that because i was that was one of the things that stood out to me i was thinking well maybe they took from the book the idea that you didn't know who was like in charge and how many there were and like who was who exactly so there is a confusing kind of thing where bond doesn't know who the real one is and it's like fake and whatever and but I, i keep reading these books and thinking why didn't you just basically make the book? <laughs> like, why did you just essentially so do that? I know.
1: I, mean, like, I know we, we like ripped some elements here. of it, but there's like, right. it's the the plot is really simple and straightforward and it makes sense. And if you just made some tweaks, very small tweaks, like we've talked about, this would be great. This would be mm-hmm. an excellent story. Like There were several it's, 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 moments I know I put in the notes where I was like, I could see the movie here. Like the opening mm-hmm. is awesome. I could totally see that opening scene. I could see Vegas. I could see um, the train would be a lot of fun. Oh, the telegram part at the end where like, you know, um, MI6 is telling James like, hey, they've got Tiffany And you know, they're gonna kill her. And I could just like see him reading that and being on the ship cabin, being like, oh my god. Panic.
0: Yeah, right.
1: Panic. They're only going after I've got to get her. Oh, it was good. It was good.
0: I I was definitely in this, like, okay, how because there weren't that many pages left. I'm like, okay, we had this big final, it seems like final thing, but you know there's gonna be more, you know there's gonna be someone on this ship. What's going to happen exactly? Yep. And it didn't go down how I thought. Like we had good mm-hmm. character moments between Bond and Tiffany. We spent a little yep. time on that, and then and then when things are looking good, of course, you you take it away, and the way that uh, it was uh, handled was was good, exciting. It <laughs> wasn't like barging the door. it was and again, like some of the Bond's thoughts about like, don't look down, don't look up. Think Mm -hmm. about, you know, just, uh, there's soft landing beneath me. Mm -hmm. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Yeah. Like, Um, how do you cope with like this danger? And we got some like glimpses into his psyche that way, which were really interesting.
0: mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I can see that being, they're just, Right. It does. It translates well to a movie. And then we had. So if you look at like the, the derby sort of stuff, the racing, that's pretty driving in that sort of scenery and stuff makes for good landscapes and stuff in the film. For sure. um, going to Short Vegas, enough. obviously you can. Right. Right. Going to Vegas, obviously you can do yes. fun looking, good looking stuff. And it was really sad because they do feature Vegas in the movie. And just at the time, yeah. I feel like it's not showcased well. It, would, it could yeah. be shown a lot better
1: now. Well, but. it feels like there are a lot of extra people. Like, like, there's like a casino manager, Shady Tree is somehow like a stand-up comedian. What? Like, the circus, circus <laughs> Oh, you're casino. looking at the movies, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm just I'm just looking at all of this stuff. It just feels like it's, it's just, it got weird.
0: Well, everybody's so worried about like having to raise the stakes and always a bigger and bigger threat. You know, Marvel's doing this too. It's like, and when you do that, you can, you often stop focusing on the character things. A Mm -hmm. lot of times, The plot not all that much can happen but it's really interesting because of the character drama and interactions and Mm -hmm. in this in this book you know it's really good stuff between felix bond and tiffany i think those are all you know that's all Mm -hmm. good good stuff there quality things Mm -hmm. um and uh, you know so we should talk about tiffany let's talk about tiffany case What do you think about Tiffany Case?
1: I like Tiffany Case. Um, I love her name and I love her backstory. Um and I thought I thought most most of what she interacts with, like when she tells her backstory to Bond, I felt like that was all like so believable how she got to where she is, kind of why her demeanor is off-putting um and a little bit closed i thought their like rescue and rendezvous at the end worked really well for me the only thing that didn't quite work for me is her quick attachment to bond it felt a little convenient given her background and like the way that she has been treated by men and attacked by men for Mm -hmm. her to suddenly for not any discernible reason, I could tell be attached to bond. But if you skip over that, (laughs) that piece, everything else worked for me.
0: Sure. Uh, I was worried. See, to me, I was worried that they were going to, Either I was worried she was going to flip too fast, but I think I liked the pace of it well enough because looking back at it, she seemed to think like after they separated initially, that she sort of had some sort of realization that he wasn't just some crook. And that maybe like, he'd be her way out. Like he was someone different. And so like, I don't know what, what parts went on in her mind over the time that they were not together at all, that she might've started to soften whatever impression was made there and whatever imagination she started working up about him. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it kind of culminates in like, yeah, I don't know.
1: No, I was just gonna say I liked that that her explanation as well. I just wish again, kind of like with the actual smuggling, I wish there'd been like a moment where I could like point to and be like, sure, I get where maybe that thing that he did sort of like was eye-opening or was like, oh, really made you think. She just she says that but she doesn't like point to a specific action or thing. And I felt like I needed that. Mm-hmm. Do you were like in the smuggling thing? Like I needed him to be impressive so that maybe the spangled mob, which I can't with these names in this book. Um, <laughs> but the spangled mom would be like, Oh, you're so impressive. Like, let's bring you on for more. I needed a thing in their interactions where she would be like, you're different. And this mm-hmm. is the thing I can point to so that when she does do that look back later i'd be like sure gotcha follow you this is why you're attached to him as opposed to like any other random smuggler that you work with
0: i'm of i'm of two minds about it because on one hand you know i think that like it could be as simple as she warned him of how dangerous the mob was mm-hmm. bond knew of it Felix warned him all the times and he stood up to him anyways. He like caused the scene at the casino. And then like the way uh, she's described when he fights off the two guys in the saloon um, yeah. to me is like a groundbreaking moment for her. Probably like he's, you, you can imagine her getting sucked into this world and being surrounded by criminals for years now. And finally someone comes along that isn't one of those people seemed to like her and is willing to put his life out there and stand up against the power that is this mob and that being impressive and the kind of like shaking just Mm -hmm. her, I, there was a phrase in the book actually about like, um, you know, just being on a path or on a track or familiar ground or something like that. And then Bond's oh, yeah, like, the well, you're groove. not anymore. Yeah. And yeah. it's like breaking her out of that groove and all of that fog and all whatever life that she's just going down the path of. So, so yeah. there's that. But I, I, I
1: feel have- like, oh, sorry. Just to add on that really quick. I feel like that actually would make more, Cinematic sense, where we could see her reacting to that, and I feel like I could buy into that more. Your explanation works for me, but I feel like I would need to see her face, and I would need to see like the realization coming, you know, what mm-hmm. I mean? or like the the awe, the impress, you know, the, something in her reaction where I would be like, "Got it, that's the trigger." Sure. Where you know what I mean? That would actually be a great cinematic moment. But anyway, you were gonna you were gonna continue. Well, I mean, just, but part of me, like with the way she was set up before
0: would just see some of this, like, as, as just too brash. Part of her would just be like this fool, you know, like I've warned him, you know, and I don't know. I don't know. It's like, just. uh, Ultimately, I was happy with how unique she was. She was quirky. Mm -hmm. She did have an interesting backstory. She's damaged bond understood and respected that too. Like he, he sympathized with what she'd been through and didn't get too pushy with things. You know, he himself expected that she's not going to just come out of her shell. And a lot of what I, um, saw between the two of them was a very bond Vesper relationship that from the movie Mm -hmm. portrayal anyways. Um, Yes. Except she was more fun. Vesper is still always so uptight. She's still always so buttoned up and um, yeah. And (laughs) Tiffany was, was was more fun.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, she had some great, she had some great quotes. Obviously she had some great like moments and this book, I felt like got into a little bit with her and with other characters got a little bit more philosophical. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously her quote is the ending line of the book where uh, it reads better than it lives. Like I Mm -hmm. loved that. I love that from her, that, that bit of like philosophy. Um, That was really fun to kind of have her and to kind of be introduced to her um as a character who might stay, who Bond could maybe see himself with. Right. That was that was different. And that was um I mean, if we're comparing like film Bond girls, you know, that was like uh Teresa, you know, Bond finally gets married that one time. Like she right. felt like a, you know, yeah. this could be a, a long term. Mm-hmm. so obviously i'm like excited to keep going and i know it I know, doesn't work out that way but it's it was really interesting
0: definitely is the thing that has me want to, re- to read the next one right away because i'm like right. well what happens here right um they, and i, mean, I like the book that, leaves
1: it off with a lot of possibility
0: i know yeah i'm i'm, I'm anticipating in dread of whatever it is you know, you know. Um, I want to know,
1: but I don't want to know, but I want to know.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. And like speaking of, I I wanted to bring this up for a while because sure. Bond says like if you know if we were to be married, I'd first there's a man I basically have to divorce. His name name <laughs> starts with M, and um I want to talk about M because I just it's such a different dynamic in the yeah. books versus the movies. James Bond has such an admiration and respect for not only for the position that M holds, but for the man as well. That is made very clear. And we, it's not made clear in the movies, in the movies. It's very like argumentative. M is very like kind of scornful, like, you know, understands bond is going to get into trouble, you know, kind of, you know, come on, stay on the straight and narrow bond, this sort of thing. Again, it's kind of keeping, they're doing that thing and cue is kind of all of it. It's just so it can be more and more witty and off, yeah. you know, standoffish. And so I prefer the dynamic here. I actually like it a lot.
1: I agree. I think there's, um, I think it starts out in a place where like the banter is supposed to be, playful but respectful and just like it evolves throughout the movies to to not to a place where it's not respectful and it's not you don't feel that admiration when they banter there's like not like vitriol they don't hate each other but there's something edgy behind it that's not like we have a mutual respect for one another you know we're out there doing very different jobs At the Mm -hmm. end of the day but we're working towards like mutual goals and we respect the talents and the skills that the other has that that you know i don't yeah and like you said it's very apparent in this book and it's Mm -hmm. it's something that gets worse or is missing more i think as the movies go on they bring it back a little bit um obviously like i don't know daniel craig and judy dench really go up and down with this like skyfall gets back to that sort of like i appreciate you but they do also have some really just like tense almost i hate you moments too so yeah the dynamic is very different there
0: see that's part of why like honestly i think you know i love the original am in the movies and i do still Mm -hmm. like that portrayal um, I just prefer this dynamic in the books.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but I do think that's an interesting thing when they switch then to Dame Judy Gench because it is a different M and I'm more okay with that dynamic with her. Like mm-hmm. for me, that works better. And it it, you know, it's it's she's I, such I don't know. A different I mean,
1: portrayal. You yes. know what I mean? it's just, like,
0: it, it's okay, it separates itself more, you know, it's,
1: yeah, I mean, they're separate, but like, you can clearly see how much she cares. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I'm thinking of, um,
0: world is not enough. Where,
1: is that the one where he starts out, like where he's going to take the jet? What is that one?
0: Oh, that's tomorrow number dies.
1: Yeah, that one. He's got to like,
0: get the nukes. So he's got to get the nukes yeah. away because the missiles are coming.
1: Right, and they think he's dead until he comes over yes. the speaker, and everybody is like, oh, and you can see her do it too. So she yep. clearly cares, but yeah, yeah. like their their face to face is more combative, but it works. Yeah, because because she's she's just a different portrayal of him.
0: Cause I can see moving from the books, like the way Bond would be interacting with M um, or something like that. And then a new M comes in and then not right. having the years of rapport and like right. having the a different relationship the, now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. Um let's see. Um oh yeah. I wrote down a pro tip for everyone, just uh, you know, so oh, yeah. you, you know. <laughs> Don't order asparagus on a date. Just uh, I
2: saw that.
0: putting that out there. <laughs> and then James Bond is one day spending time in a hotel and he takes four showers. Yeah. What is happening here? Your skin so is excessive. raw. There
1: was a lot I, of showering in this in this book.
0: <laughs> I don't understand. So. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't get that. Um, I did, you know. Fleming makes no, you know, as we've talked before to mention specifically food and brands and cars and clothes and all that sort of thing. And, you know, um, mm-hmm. but I was waiting for them to, for bonds to change up his attire and for that, or to be specified when he got to Vegas, yeah, because he made such a deal of the heat and his shirt sticking to him and his cab driver yeah. telling him, Hey, only people looking for trouble were wearing jackets. They figure you're carrying a piece in there and like all this sort of thing. And so I was yeah. waiting for Bon, like, okay, well, I'm going to do uh, inside the waistband and, you know, whatever, something different. Tell us what it is. And we just never really got anything.
1: Yeah, no, we did not. No, clothes were very important at like the beginning of the book because like we went through his whole like packing for the smuggling and like his cover story. Yeah. And then it felt like it trailed off. Yep. Like you say, like there were notes here about like when he gets to Vegas, like only guys in jackets, X. But yeah, we we got less about like what Bond himself was wearing and more like characters talking about it Mm -hmm. rather than like Fleming describing it.
0: Yeah, right. Yep, that's true. Um I also thought that spies shouldn't talk so much on the phone about important things because oh. when you have, especially, especially when you have an operator dealing all this stuff, they can hear oh, you. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, like I didn't understand that. It's like, that you was better weird. be more coded, more coded. Yeah,
1: right. Right. You know, you, you pick times. up your
0: ship phone and you say, you know, give me Tiffany case. Don't say anything important. <laughs> like, I don't <laughs> right. know. Like, so I just thought that a couple of times, like, Bond should should know better to me right. to be more careful with that. So, completely yeah. agree. I did like the moment in the hotel though, where it's like mentioning what the tape recorder that's the bug in his room is picking yes. up. it's Piano like wire. wasting this much tape on um, yeah. you know this or whatever, and then yeah, I like that. Yeah, there were
1: several really fun elements like that that Fleming threw in, like. When, um, that moment, I love that moment too, really. Um, or when, uh, Wint and Kid get on the Queen Elizabeth ship with them and he sort of like circuitously takes us to like this guy with the white hair and the bracelet that said my blood type is F and you're like, Oh, it's them. It's them. Like we did have a really fun, like, you know. Way of being like, oh, it's a spy novel and people are in disguise right. and you know bugs are in rooms. Like, you mm-hmm. did have some really fun moments like that.
0: Yep. This is the first book. You know, speaking of like, so like spy moments. Um, you know, we associate gadgets a lot with the films and stuff like that. In the books, there aren't really a lot of gadgets so far. No. And we also, you know, think Which is of Bond. Nice. It's like, yeah, yeah. I don't. It, Hey, a gadget has its place, but often yep. they're over the top.
1: Right. Um, you don't have to shoehorn them in all the time.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, And then we also think of Bond as sleeping around a lot. This is the first Bond book I've read where he has any sex in the book at all. Pretty sure.
1: Ooh. I,
0: so I didn't read Casino Royale. That's the one you like- read. Yeah, I
1: didn't. I was gonna say I don't feel like that's the case. I feel like there's at least one of them. I'm not. I'm not thinking
0: in Moonraker. No, because she basically is with someone. No, I know. Right, and then, and then in Live and Let Die, there's uh, uh, Solitaire, right, and they make out on the train, but it's like it's not time. We don't have no time.
1: I mean I know in the movie they do but I'm pretty sure in the book they do. I think I think he might in Casino Royale.
0: Okay. See I can see that I, I that makes sense, you know, Vesper that makes sense to me. I just I haven't I'm, read that one. So between Moonraker I'm pretty
1: sure. Yeah, I mean he like you said, he doesn't like sleep around as much as he does in the movies, but mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure at, there's been once in one of the books I read and I think it's casino royale, but I have to it's think about be. it. It's gotta, it's gotta be. be it's yeah. gotta
0: be Vesper. Makes it's gotta be Vesper just in the other two books I've read, nobody. I mean, like, you know, the women are really impactful in each of these stories and important to him in one mm-hmm. way or another. And so far, I like the way they've done it. It doesn't feel right. like the woman of the book, right. let's just you know, as you said, shoehorn, shoehorned in because has yeah. to be like it feels natural. The character feels fleshed out, and mm-hmm. um and the, just one another one of the tropes of the movies of Bond just sleeping with like three women per film is just
1: does not right. bear out in the books, right? So. Which is nice because it yeah. does. I like, mean, it does get a bit much
0: when it's when it's Roger Moore and it's like. I, Look, I get it with those scenes coming up where Bond sleeps with someone to get information. But like in this one, he specifically says he won't use her that way. Yes, yes. Like, not this woman. I'm not going to do yep. that to because yep. of how her damaged background. she's been.
2: Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So. Yep. All right. What else? What else have to say? You have a summation here or like something we really haven't We've really missed, you know, quite a bit happened Um, for such a short book, but
1: yeah. Um, I thought, I thought this book was, was fun. I mentioned this earlier because we got like some philosophical peaks, including like, I mean the, like when he kills Bond, kills eventually one of the assassins Wint. well, he kills both of them, but he's like looking at Wint's body and he's like, you know, getting philosophical about death later on, he gets philosophical about death and diamonds being forever uh, are the only things that are forever. Um, you know, there was kind of fun moments like that. Like you said, going down the ship and being like, okay, I can't think about this. Like, this is how I have to think about it. So I can, you know, um, make this like, like make really peace. dangerous. Yeah this really dangerous thing happened. So we we got these like interesting glimpses into Bond's psyche. But I also felt like there was a moment, I can't remember where it happens in the book, but Bond is basically like disgusted at himself. And he's like, I'm so tired of living this like double life. And I just want to like be myself. And I just Mm. thought it was really interesting. There's some moment, I think it happens in Vegas where he's like, I just want to be home. I just want to be me. I don't want to be here. Like it was yep. it, like it was just really this book got a little bit in depth of like the weariness of the life and like yep. the toll it's taking and how he's dealing with this like death that he's dealing to other people. I really enjoyed it.
0: hmm I can't remember if the scene because I remember what you're talking about now sure. with the with the I'm like admitting I'm homesick. Like I miss. Yeah. You know, is is that I think that's a separate scene like, from when he's like, like, I'm tired of being jerked around here. Yeah, I want to do yes. my thing. I think that's separate. But but yeah, I know I I don't remember that was. Yeah. When was that? That was earlier. And I, again, we, right? I forgot how he resolved that or what he did to like shut that out. That feeling, right. you know, I think he, he did I think something. He ended to...
1: up, he was like, "I have to move this forward," because okay. I think that was then like it... the point where he was like, "I'm going to go gamble this and like take okay. control," because I hate. So then it was around then, maybe yeah, it mm-hmm. was close to there, but they were like distinct, separate beats. Yeah, but yeah, I just thought it was really interesting.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I like those like those insights (laughs) and it makes the stuff that like when Craig does some of the more emotional things that some people don't prefer as much, it makes those feel more, makes him more of that character. Like if, if does fit in, you know, he's not, you know, uh, impenetrable ice face, no emotion Mm -hmm. sort of thing, you know?
1: Um, Right, so he ruminates on this stuff, and sometimes it sticks with him in good and bad ways. And
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, I really liked that piece of this book. Like, I I felt a little more of that. I felt more a little bit of the toll this was taking on him. Um, and obviously, like we have more books to go, so it's not like this is the thing where we're done. Right, but it's just realistic, like that he would think about these kinds of things from time yep. to time.
0: I I like this. I like the book a lot. Um, I thought mm-hmm. the opening was really good, really unique. Uh, it's an intriguing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The way it books ends, that way it comes over full circle. Um, I really like that. It's, um, I like that you mentioned the kind of philosophical elements of it. I love Tiffany Case. Mm-hmm. I love the art talk. It's... Um, it, Pace of the book was good, and a lot of fun stuff happened. a lot of danger was there, and thwarted. I just needed the gambling stuff and gambling uh it's a word of lingo just taken down yep. a lot yep. um, <laughs> We even spent time on the ship too much time, people betting on the time that it was they were gonna get there. I like yeah. the scene. But you don't need the minutia of that, you know, because yes. um, it was about discovering the people in the back that yes. were there to give you that you couldn't quite connect at the time. And yes. um, so but other than that, a really fun ride. Um, mm-hmm. It's um, I'm excited to continue. And there was uh, there's one more thing I really wanted to say about this um the the bourbon and branch waters is getting to me i guess um <laughs> <laughs> uh I, I like that
2: quite a few I, of those
0: yeah yeah a lot uh, that's for he sure liked, oh yeah sorry i liked how um bond in this one came off as a character a bit more he felt Not only the philosophical things, he just felt more rounded and competent. There were some other moments in previous books where I thought it was a little too reliant on luck, or Bond was being a little too brash and like going in and getting himself in too much trouble, and Mm. it just didn't look good for him. Like I understand, like it's an it's an exciting story, and hey, you managed to survive and stuff, but this one just felt different. There was moments of like like going in and like out. i'm going to yeah i'm going to do what i'm going to do in the casino like that was kind of ballsy and cool you know as was a cool bond moment you know i'm just uh you know light the cigarette five grand on red you know and then it it yeah. hits and then do um later he goes in he puts you know put the silencer on the gun he's going in he gets into the the car stuff he gets captured but then he picks his moments to have a fight. And the fight was was done really well. It was described mm-hmm. better than fights in other books. It felt yep. more impressive. I really felt yes. like a Daniel Craig kind of rough and tumble sort of fight sequence took place. Um, and then even though he got the, the shit kicked out of him a little bit later, because he like stood his ground. He was kind of like, fuck you. I'm going to, you know, whatever. And then with help of Tiffany got out. It just had those moments. And then again, the rescue at the end. So he had their Bond moments that I honestly felt in the previous novels were sometimes kind of missing. It just yep. uh, so I, I thought that was kind of a big notable difference here that uh, I liked. So
1: yeah, there was like a maturity here, both for I think Bond as a character and like in his job, but also for Fleming in describing some of those moments like he faltered in other places like we've obviously said but i but i agree with you like some of the fights and like bond picking his moments and not relying so much on like luck for things Mm -hmm. really felt like evolutions of his character and evolutions of fleming as a writer
0: of this series yep yep (sighs) excited to see where it goes me too we uh, um, next the next book um, from Russia with Love mm-hmm. is the last book we got to get done before the year's end, so we make sure we get in the anniversary year here, and yes. um, then we'll see where we go from there. So, um, it's been podcast on the rocks, episode one hundred fifty four. Thanks everybody for tuning in. You should make sure you should subs- subscribe in all the places, so um X, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, all those sorts of places. Like, follow, share, all that sort of thing. We are on podcast directories such as Apple Podcasts and Spotify. The video version is available on Spotify. Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if you listen there. And um our theme song was composed by Killing the Flower. You can check them out on YouTube and music streaming services as well. And then um, on our anime podcast, we always have Mike, TrackMouse34 on YouTube. Make sure you look at his stuff. He posted a new video not long ago, TrackMouse34. And MJ Honeybee. We got to promote all our friends here too. MJ Honeybee. Absolutely. you know She does Dead by Daylight streams. She's back at it. She's been getting um, a bunch in. And uh, she streams on Twitch, so make sure to check her out and give her a follow. That should about do it from us, I think. That sounded kind of Minnesotan, didn't it?
1: A little that's bit. That's should
0: about to do it or something. I don't know what exactly it was, but not good. Not good. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's it. Andrea, thanks again for joining me, and um, we'll see everybody next week.
1: Sounds good. Cheers, everybody.